Cameron, it's uh, it's time to make jokes. I love making jokes. It's time to to make jokes and just give people a general good time. Okay, we need that in these trying times. Yeah, because because like it's not like we're going to cover an episode that's just sad. No, not at all. <laughs> that's that's like only sad. Plus Eric. No, he's pretty sad. Yeah, I had one moment where I laughed out loud. We'll get to that. We'll get to it, but that's not what we're here to do. Can't but it's mostly sad. Jokes. All right, jokes. Let's let's get it. Hit um, me with one. Um, I had it in my head, and now I've lost it. Give me a second to think. I just sent it to my wife. Hold on. <laughs> I forgot my my own joke. Where did it go? This is riveting stuff. We can cut all this out. Come on. I had it in my head. I don't know what happened to it. Oh, come on. I can't not have my joke now. So I'm looking up best knock-knock jokes. They're just not good. They really aren't. Knock-knock jokes are bad. Here we go. Knock-knock. Who's there? Two. To who? No, to whom? Oh, that, that's true. That's the positive. You imbecile. Um, I've only ever seen one episode of The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Uh-huh. Um, oh, well, we're just getting ready for the jokes right now. <laughs> it is an inexplicable episode where Zach Efron guest stars. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't have any memory of... Um, I don't have any memory of like what Zach and Cody did in this plot, but Ashley Tisdale... Mm-hmm. And Zach Efron are like she's a she's a liberal bad girl, and he's a Republican good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they argue a lot, and she's like trying to fake that she doesn't find him detestable because she thinks he's cute. Mm-hmm. And he, I just remember, I don't know why um, this sticks out to me so well, but like for a for a scene transition when they're coming into a scene. He walks in and he's like, now I'm not a grammar snob, but he said who instead of whom. And I just can't imagine someone not using it in the correct positive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But... And so that's just stuck in your head. It is burned up there. Um, oh, here it is. This is not worth the build-up. <laughs> the build-up is the anticipation is so high. Uh, Cameron? Uh-huh. Do you want to hear a joke about pizza? I do. I'm sorry, it's cheesy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, that's, that's where I'm going to put a sound effect in. Well, uh, did you put a sound effect in? I will see. We'll see if I remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll see in the final cut. Um, lots of lots of good jokes. Um, you know this joke, I think, but I'll tell it for the people at home. Um, it is one of my favorite jokes. Um, Cameron, uh-huh. did you know that if you go to Cuba... You can get a pie for like two bucks. Really? Yeah. It's pretty nice. Like a whole pie? Like a whole pie. Like a fruit wow. pie. Nice. Um, but if you go to Jamaica, it's gonna cost you like eight fifty. I mean, that's still pretty fair for a pie, but it's still a lot more. Yeah. Did you know any of that? I didn't. Oh, I guess you're not as big a fan of the pirates of the Caribbean as I am. <laughs> so while while we're on the subject of jokes, I just have a story to tell about a time I told a joke oh. that I didn't understand, and it just it backfired in a major way. Because I was in probably the fifth grade, and I was a pretty sheltered kid, so I didn't get a lot of um, you know more tawdry humor. But I was with some friends, both boys and girls, and we were looking up blonde jokes. Um, 
because it was the late 90s and the internet was still exciting. And I guess we found a website that had a bunch of those. And I remember we read one and all everyone laughed. And I was like, oh, that must be funny. I just don't get it. So the next day at school, I told my teacher this joke. And this is what it was. Um, what do a blonde woman and a screen door have in common? Uh, I don't know. What do they have in common? The more you bang them, the looser they get. <laughs> and my teacher was just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 Cameron. You can't. No. <laughs> and I was just like, and, and as I was saying it, my classmates were like, no, no, stop. <laughs> but I just just went for it and it, it backfired. And I'll never forget the joke to this day. It's not even good, but, you know, uh, Cameron, Cameron, the cost of humor. Your classmates were probably there like, he can't, he can't be doing this. He can't ruin this. And to ruin it, I did. Okay. So that's our joke quota, I guess, for this episode. Um, I can't tell everyone my favorite joke because uh-huh. it is visual. There's a mm-hmm. visual element. So I will tweet it the day this episode comes. Okay, I can't wait. Um, you, you, you have to look at the tweet in good faith, everybody, though, like. You can't jump to the end. This is not funny. That's true. Um, Cameron, you're going to have to help me um, by okay. responding to the tweets. Okay. I love it already. It's going to be great. Get ready, everyone. You're, you're not ready. You're not. You're not ready. I'm not ready. Um, but yeah, we'll do that. Um, because we just, we got to have some laughs. Um, spread some, some cheer. It's the holiday season. And also, this is a real bummer of an episode. No. <laughs> like in a... It's not bad. Like in a good, it's a good, in a good way. Stop getting into the episode. Stop that. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Let's cut to the episode. Here we go. Oh, I was going to ask you what you're. Oh, water. Oh, fine. What are you drinking? Um, so story time. Just to put more distance between me and the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, um, when I got my new job, um, my wife to celebrate bought me a cookie dough whiskey. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that a couple weeks ago, I feel like. We did. And I've been trying to mix the perfect drink with it because it's good by itself. I think it has potential. I just haven't been able to like find any good mix with it. Mm-hmm. But today I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do the basics. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a few ounces of the whiskey. So I did two. I did a half an ounce of lemon juice um, just to kind of give it some of that acid. Because um, you mm-hmm. gotta have some acid. Um, I get I used a sweetener, which I'll tell you what the sweetener is in a second. And then I used a couple dashes of bitters just to like balance out the sweet. And I was just like, mm-hmm. that's just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the basics and try to make a good cocktail. Like get all of the all of the balance in there. Um, so I did an ounce or two ounces of um, peanut butter whiskey, half an ounce of lemon juice, about three to four dashes of bitters. Um, and I did two and a half ounces of honey crisp, uh, honey crisp apple cider. Ooh. Um, and I made a, a spiked apple cider of sorts. That's why I used mm-hmm. lemon instead of lime. Um, because you know, apples and lemons. Mm-hmm. Those go together there. more. Um, it's very good. Um, I think half an ounce of lemon is just a little too much. Um, I would maybe do a fourth of an ounce, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's good. 
It's real good. All right. So for my drink, I went to the faucet and I turned it on cold and I filled my cup about three quarters of the way. And then I went to the freezer and I got out some ice and I just filled it up the rest of the way. Done. Perfect. I think this will actually cause much more controversy than my drink um, because you did ice after water. So I got into the habit of doing that because um, especially, well, around the time of my second child was born he was a light sleeper and my wife let me know that when i put ice in my cup it's very loud and so i started putting the water in there first to soften the noise of the ice going in mm. and it's just kind of stuck okay okay i have um, my reasons i'm not insane i mean that's debatable um, <laughs> um however uh yeah if you are uh listening to this episode with a cocktail in your hand uh let us know what it is i did chill my glass with ice before I shook my other drink and then strained it into that glass without ice. Um, so if any of you kind of t- cocktail people are at home, I did it right. I did it right. Good. I'm proud of you. Um, and if, how, do you put your ice cubes in before or after your water? Let us know. These are the questions. These are the things that people want to know. I couldn't imagine putting the ice in after that. Seems why maybe they're like me and they had a baby. I I guess when I was a barista, I did put the ice in after I had mixed the the coffee beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to water it down. Well, yeah, you don't want to water it down, and um, it's just easier to mix without the ice. Um, too true. Too true. So uh, anyway, this I think is we a- put it off enough. I guess. I guess. Let me get my tissues. Here we go. Brought to you by the teaching hospital, Philadelphia Hospital, or Pennsylvania Hospital, not Philadelphia Hospital. Screwed that one up. Um, but brought to you by the teaching hospital, Pennsylvania Hospital. Uh, this, unless someone's real, I'm very is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. I screwed it up. Yeah. And then you screwed it up again. You know? We're gonna go with it. We're just gonna let it ride. Okay, sounds good to me. I've got, I've got like a, an ounce of whiskey in my blood at this you, point. I was like, how how much did you say you put in there? Just two ounces. Five, six, seven ounces. Um, yeah. Brought to you by Pennsylvania Hospital. Um, I googled best hospital in Philadelphia, and that's the one that came up. Okay. Well, I don't know if this is the best one. I, Jack would not have anything but the best. I guess that's true expensive but i mean it's child's play compared to today but we'll get into that child's play the prices oh yes yes (laughs) i wish it was that i wish it was that price yeah that'd be great um still too expensive but Mm -hmm. um yeah how you doing cameron i'm good it's the end of the weekend 10 more school days until christmas break Mm -hmm. pretty excited for it yeah i'm feeling good 
Very nice. I do not get a Christmas break. No, you don't. Because you're just a working man now. Yep. I am uh, in the corporate world now. Mm-hmm. Your corpus come. I was about to say, and they don't take Christmas off, but they do actually. I get well, yeah. one day off for Christmas and one day off for New Year's. Is it the Monday after? Mm-hmm. Nice. So, um, yeah. And I will get out of training and actually be able to do my job. Um, there's like two months of training to this job. Um, but I will get out of training and be able to actually like do the job starting on uh, the 27th. Nice. Right when you get back. Mm-hmm. So you corpo, corpo pig. It feels like that sometimes, man. Corpo is such a fun word. Okay. You know, I don't know. I just started watching Andor, and I feel like they use the term corpo some. Mm. I haven't watched that. We'll talk more is about it. it. Not today. We won't talk more about it today. Why? What else do we have to talk about? Um, despite all evidence to the contrary, an episode of Boy Meets World. Fine. Um. So here we are. Again, with another one. Here um, we go again on our own. Together. Go down the only road we've ever known. Mm-hmm. Love it. Like Chet Hunter, we were born to walk alone. No, like Chet Hunter, we were born to abandon our children. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. So here we are, episode 613, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a good time then. Which is a reference to the Harry Chapin song "Cats in the Cradle," mm-hmm. and also is, um, "Good Time" by uh, Fireflies star. What's his name? I don't think you said any words that actually belong together. No, the guy who sang "Fireflies." Al City. Yeah, Al City and Carly Rae Jepsen. Good time. Oh, I, I don't think reference. that's <laughs> the, the song was so powerful that it reverberated back through time. <laughs> yeah because we make me. this podcast so we know that that's possible mm-hmm. like because yeah. we've talked about that i'm pretty sure i probably inspired sean in some ways <laughs> yeah they're like it's you you are him yeah. your hair does this Kinda oh wow does, actually you guys you just you didn't see what i just saw but it was amazing um my hair is very gray but sean's will go gray eventually too so mm-hmm. hasn't yet but who knows <laughs> Just for men, you might know. Um, anyway. Just a silver fox chance. Silver fox. That's what you told I commented me. commented as much on one of your wife's Facebook posts the other day. It's true. She laughed at it for a good minute. Good. I'm in every word. I'll like the uh, five of them. You are a silver fox. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are. Uh, we made it, guys. Um, Cameron, give us the synop. Well... Father of the year, Chet Hunter rolls back into town, saying he's staying this time. That doesn't last too long. And he said he gets an offer to leave. Sean really gives it to him, and he has a heart attack. Mm-hmm. There is no hilarity. Only sadness ensues. Corey's a little bit funny because he's not related to the Chet stuff at all. I don't remember him being funny, but you can remind me. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. I mean, here it is. It's the episode. It's the saddest episode of Women's World, probably. Probably. And um, we made it. We made it. My wife cried. I did, too. I um, got to the end, and I'm like, I need to wipe my face. Of course you didn't. Yeah. I. Mm, mm, we'll talk about it. I'm sure from your life experiences, you have complicated feelings in regards to the situations of this particular episode. 
I do. <laughs> and so three months actually. <laughs> you can probably relate in a way that your wife and I both really can't. It's you know, probably. Um my mother has listened to a few of these now. Uh, mom, don't listen to this one. Just turn it off. <laughs> um you're doing great. You're making great strides in your life. Um, this is about childhood trauma, not current one. Yeah, childhood trauma. It's in the past. But just maybe just turn it off. Uh, so anyway. So anyway. Here we are. Um, yeah. We're, Sean is still really down about the whole Angela thing. Mm-hmm. He's still um, in his Taylor Swift Midnight's phase. He's, he's Yeah. All those thoughts that keep him up at midnight. What's the point of even going to class? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have listened to the album. Now. Good. I've listened to some. Um, my Spotify wrapped shamed me. Uh-huh. Um, because it was entirely my son. Like nothing that I did the entire year was on there. Not a top five <laughs> artist, not a top five song. Um I get I got a little bit of genre in there. Um yeah. so I've I've decided I'm an album listener again. Um, but for some reason, going back into album listening, uh these last about five days since Spotify Wrapped came out, maybe maybe six. Um, I have been listening to almost nothing but strong like female vocalists. Um, mm-hmm. I went in with uh, I listened to all three, two, and then the tribute album they made of Amy Winehouse's albums. Um, one of mm-hmm. my favorite artists, um, probably of all time. Yeah, Amy Winehouse is great. Um, I listened to two Lana Del Rey albums. Um, I listened to um, Future Nostalgic by Dua Lipa. Um, I've listened to Fiona Apple's first album and her, um, oh, something about bolt cutters. I forget what it's called. No idea. Um, it was the one she released during quarantine. That was really weird, but really good. I don't actually think the first one I listened to was our first album. It was the album she released, maybe second or third, that had the longest title of all time for an album. Oh, love that. Um, and then uh, listen to Carly Rae Jepsen's new album. Excellent. Um, and listen to Midnight's, which I was actually a little disappointed by. Um, with all the hype, I wanted it to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some bangers on there. Um, I don't know. I have complicated feelings. I'll have to give it another listen. So when you say that, are you talking about the album? I'm only seeing the shortened version of the name. When the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king and he knows... What he knows throws the blows when he goes I to think the so. fight. And he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring. There's no body to batter when your mind is your might. So when you go yeah. solo, you hold your own hand. And remember the depth. The depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you know that you're right. Is that in the 99 album? It really rolls off the tongue. That's the name of the album. Was that the 99 album? Um, Yes. Yeah. that was November 9th, 1999. Um, I listened to that album a bit in high school, like later high school, um, and really liked it. So I returned to it. Yeah, my kids messed up my Spotify too, because my top three songs were all Nolan. We don't talk about Bruno, Surface Pressure, also from Encanto, and this song by a Russian group called Hypno Dancer is the name of the song. That's (laughs) fun, but uh, apparently we listened to that a bunch. But the craziest thing was apparently on February 1st of 2022, we listened to We Don't Talk About Bruno 64 times. Wow. Oh, I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> I want to do. The, I want to run the math on that, how long that is. <clears throat> we Don't Talk About Bruno is... Um, 
That's three, three minutes and 38 seconds. I'm really bad at multiplying time. Uh, we'll just call that an even three, five times 64, 224 minutes. Divide that by 60. I want to know how many hours. Well, it's three hours and... 3.73 hours. 3.73. I mean, when you add the eight, eight to that, we're talking about... We're talking close to four hours of we don't talk about Bruno in one day. Maybe you just kind of had it on repeat and you didn't notice and it was like not playing. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know what day of the week that is. I can look. Something something went terribly wrong that day. <laughs> um, that was a Tuesday. I think I had class. No, I was done with class by then. I didn't have class. No class. You have no class. Um, At some time I found four hours to listen to we don't talk about Bruno. My son's tasted music is some kind of weird karma that's coming mm-hmm. back to me because it is all of my least favorite music. Um, so my his, our number one song was not actually that bad. I mean, I don't like it, but there are worse songs out there. It was my songs "Know What You Did in the Dark," "Light 'Em Up" by uh, Fall Out Boy, uh-huh. um, which is not my favorite one. Fall Out Boy song. Um, don't love Fallout Boy. No, your but favorite Fallout Boy song is um, "Sugar, We're Going Down." Like anyway, it's the most nostalgic one for sure. Dance, dance. Uh, I really like Uma Thurman. Champagne um, for was... my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. Oh, I don't even know that one. I... That was on there under the Cork Tree album. I just thought the name was really fun oh. and very emo. You know, very mid two thousands emo. You're you're much more versed in Fallout Boy than I. I I never. Know. I never cared for their sound, or especially their lyrics, Mm -hmm. um, enough to get into them. Um, But my next three, so that one, you know, Fall Out Boy's fine. It's not that bad. I can live. Yes, we did listen to it like 70-some-odd times, um, and that made me want to cry a little bit. But the next three were all Skillet songs, and I detest Skillet. (laughs) Was Best Kept Secret on there? No, it was uh, Finish Line... Um, feel invincible and monster. I don't know. I don't know any of those. It's kind of a hell of my own making. Um, because <laughs> one day when Asher was really sad, I decided that I was going to cheer him up because he liked Pokemon. But I decided, like, I liked anime music videos when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm just gonna Google like Pokemon AMV and show him some videos. I did not know that every single Pokemon AMV was going to be to Skillet. Like, Why? I don't know, but every What's last one What's wrong with is. us as a, as a society? Um, I did not know that every last one was going to be to Skillet, and, every, and he was going to love every last one. Mm-hmm. He, he just asks constantly for, like, play a Pokemon song, and when he, he says that, he means a Skillet song. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Chance, how could you? I don't know, but he loves it. He loves it. And then the last one, I believe, was Dance Monkey by Tones and I, <laughs> which is another song he just loves. Also, he he constantly, Cameron, you will think this is very funny because you know my taste in music, but he is constantly, but it's rare. It's like a rare thing that pops up sometimes. And he asks, a rare constant, but just to floor me. Um, but occasionally, and it happened last night, he'll go, can you play Seven Years by Lucas Graham? <laughs> oh, no. When we hang out with my um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, sometimes that song will just come up on like whatever playlist that they have, and they'll sing along, and I'm just like gritting my teeth. Like, please just end. I don't, 
Okay, this is now a seven-year song podcast. I don't understand how anyone enjoys this song. I it is lyrically asinine. It is the most musically humble. boring. It's so boring. It is it is a douchebag humble brag for three minutes. He he literally has a line that says, "I made a man so happy when I lo- wrote a letter once." Lucas, shut up and. The entire second half of the song, he finishes all of his lines with a wow, like a um, oh, I can't think of a particular lyric right now because I don't Soon want to. Soon I'll be sixty years old. Yeah, but every sixty-one. Um, exactly. That's yeah, that's terrible. Why don't you just listen to Hundred Years by Five for Fighting? It is a better song. Gives you the same the same notes, but better notes. Yeah, and it's not about like how awesome I am and how I started smoking pot at seven and got drunk at 11 and was married by 15 and everyone thought I'd never amount to anything, but I'm so great now, but I didn't, didn't do it for the fame. Shut up. Sounds like you weren't thinking for a lot of those things. So who knows? shut up. Um, I hate that song. I don't understand. It's like, it, it's a lot like a less charming version of that. Um, Somebody uh, you loved, or I was getting kind of used to being someone you loved. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just sitting here wondering, am I the only one hearing this song? How are you people enjoying this? He sounds like a dying goat. Mm-hmm. When the day bleeds in the nightfall. What are you doing? <laughs> what is this voice you're doing? Somebody to hear. Somebody to hold. Somebody to... Yeah. I actually think Louis Capaldi is like an okay guy from what I've seen. I haven't seen anything recently, but back when that song was popular, I kind of looked into him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was at least kind of in on the joke of himself. Um, Lucas, Lucas Graham just seems like a team who's got narcissism. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm just like, am I the only one actually hearing this song? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. It's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we put it off enough. <laughs> Sean is really bummed out. Sean is really bummed out. Um, to be fa- fair, Sean has taken a lot of L's lately. Uh-huh. No one will let up on Sean. Um, Sean has got a lot of... I think from the casual observer... I want to go back up to the Christmas episode real quick. Mm-hmm. I think to the casual observer in the Christmas episode, Sean seems like a D-bag. Like a total dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like kind of stringing Angela along. A real Lucas Graham, if you will. Yeah, kind of a real Lucas Graham. Um, but I think like anyone who knows anything about like abandonment issues, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and while I am um, really glad that Angela just stands up and says no, and is like, hey, I'm not dealing with this BS, mm-hmm. and like calls him on it, no one is really like sympathetic in the last two episodes to the fact that Sean has some real abandonment issues um, that are not his fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's hard because they're whoever the I, I just have to say this whoever the writer for Sean is whoever like strong armed this five season long arc at this point into Sean's life like what show were you because <laughs> it isn't this one <laughs> no like this is a show where no one changes no one like. Mm-hmm. No one ever really deals with anything in a meaningful way. But Sean has a constant, consistent problem um, that sure is forgotten in a few episodes, like the 
buying Feeny breakfast for grades episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you gotta have but, your fun sometime. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. Sean was the delight of that episode with his Gouda talk. Gouda? <laughs> um where's Gouda, Gouda makes three. Um <coughs> whoever is strong arming this all in, why didn't you just write the show? Like what's mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> Could have been a totally different thing. I don't understand how we got here. I don't understand why like Sean is such a real person. And no one else is. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. Chet is kind of a real person, too. He's a, He feels pretty real. He's not the best person. A real but, Lucas Graham also. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, so this is funny. I was reading... Is it about it's applicable. No, but it's sort of... Um, <laughs> I was reading uh, The Lost Metal by mm. Brandon Sanderson. Mm. And there's this character that walks in and the... It, from the point of view of the character who's kind of we're reading it wax from at that point. Wax at that point was. And he's just like, I, this guy is the worst. He's just smug and he thinks he's better than everyone. I really hate him. But then Wayne says something. It's like, he's like, this is a delicate situation. I got, if I handle it right, we can make it work out. We can get out. And then Wayne just instantly goes, Hey, look, someone sewed a bag of dicks together and it turned into a person. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, the Wax and Wayne series is the best thing Brandon ever did, in my opinion. I don't understand really good. why he gets so much hate for it. Uh, I think it's just because it's not as conventional as Mistborn. So people mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it. But um, but it's fun. Oh, I love Wax and Wayne. I would take it over anything else I've read by Brandon, which I haven't read some of his flagship stuff, so... Yeah. Um, I love the Wax and Wayne. But anyway, that's an apt description for Chet. Mm-hmm. And maybe Lucas Graham. <laughs> and maybe Lucas Graham. You know what, Lucas Graham? You can't come on the show. <laughs> Your band. Along Your with, band. you know the list. Adam Levine and the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Kanye West isn't allowed either. Oh yeah, he's so out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to think you would go on Alex Jones's show... And Alex Jones comes off as the reasonable person? Mm-hmm. The man who just lost millions because he decided to turn the Sandy Hook, Hook thing into a conspiracy? Yeah. <sighs> and he's the reasonable one. Maybe we should maybe we should slow it down. <laughs> Alex Jones, you can't come on the show. <laughs> Three bands, one episode. Wow. We're really <laughs> You know it's what? A funny list. I'm doing one more. Elon Musk. I don't want you. Get out. Yeah. Get you out can't buy us. You know what? Be the first man on Mars. Do it. Get out of here. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, I think those are all my bands. So that was four bands? Uh-huh. Okay. Lucas Graham, Kanye, Alex Jones, Elon Musk. <laughs> one of these is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for Lucas Graham, but you wrote a really bad song. <laughs> <laughs> and your follow-up to that song, that your follow-up to that song, it's like, oh, it's this deep song about how I lost my dad. No, it's not, Lucas. It's about how awesome you think you are and how sad that you're not. You you don't. Your dad can't see how awesome you are. No, stop. I must not have heard that one, and I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, it the whole premise is like you're not there to celebrate the man that you made. Yeah, it's real bad. So anyway, Sean's really bummed out. He's real He's dealing bummed. with a lot. All yeah. that to say. Um an yeah, unprecedented and... quadruple ban <laughs> because Sean is sad. Um don't know how we got here, but I love that we did. Um yes. So I mean, I've said it. We're just gonna leave it at that. I don't know who's writing Sean, but whoever they are, they are working out some issues that anyone with major abandonment issues, like me, yeah, it, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Man, it re- it's so real and it resonates mm-hmm. so strongly, <laughs> and it's uncomfy. Yeah, and so, but they're going into Corey and Sean are going into the union, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of, of course, Sean's talking about that. Hmm? Like first, that's the first thing that happens. The first scene, we're not even there yet. Okay, yeah, we're not even to the first thing. Forty-two minutes in, not even to the first thing. Um, but Sean's just like, I don't even see the point of going to class. Like, I just don't know. I just push everyone away. Um, he's like, Hey, let's go get a coffee before we go to class. And then Jack is over there. He's like, Hey, can I buy you buy you guys a coffee? And what Sean, do you mean by that? What I, what mean, I mean is, can I buy you a coffee? <laughs> I don't need your charity. And then Corey's just like, yeah, look at us three getting coffee. Just the guys. When's the last time it's ever been just the guys? What's even stopping us from that? And then you just hear, hey, Corey, from Topanga. And he's like, got to go. Yeah, that's true. That happens. And then was, I got a pleasant, perfect over. amount of Corey. Yeah, it, it, it was. Good job, Corey. And then um, a guy comes over to Sean. And he's like, dude, someone's running the table. Like, he's hustling us. He took us like. You're the best stick on campus. Can you get our money back? He's like, you think you can take him? And it's Chet. He's like, uh-huh. never have been able to before. Yeah. Um, so they go over, and Chet's like, my, my boys. Um, play he's by not hustling. He's teaching. Mm-hmm. Hustling these kids out of their tuition money. He's teaching them not to play pool with a stranger, especially when that stranger is him. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It was funny to me that he's... At the pool table, Blake Clark is his name. Because he's in an episode of Community later where he is the pool teacher at um, Greendale. Oh, I think I've seen that episode. Mm-hmm. Where they Jeff doesn't want to wear the shorts, mm-hmm. the gym uniform. Um, yeah. And they end up I, playing I, a game of, of high stakes naked pool. Yeah, didn't even realize that was the same person. Mm-hmm. Same guy. Old Blake Clark. Good job, Blake Clark. Just making a name for himself as a pool player. I wonder if there's an intentional callback. Probably not. Yeah. So Chet's happy to see them. The boys mm. are happy enough to see him. Yeah, and he's like, I'm staying this time. Well, first, Sean beats him at pool and wins <laughs> and he grabs all the money. He's like, Here you go, guys. And they all like swarm in and grab it. Mm-hmm. And Jack says, like, oh great, how long are you sticking around? And Sean just kind of rolls his eyes, and mm-hmm. um, Chet's like, "Well, I'm staying here. This is where I'm parking." He's like, "Is that code for you got fired? You don't have to nitpick." <laughs> um, yeah, but he's like, "We're gonna go out for dinner, at steak and suds." Yeah, gotta perfect my chat. You know, this is my last time I get to use it. You're, you're <clears> normally <throat> great at chat. I know. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. Um, so I'm going to go get me one of the Pembroke sweatshirts. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> that was pretty good. So he goes off to do that, and Jack and Sean are kind of like, I think even here they kind of are start arguing about it. 
Yeah, because Jack's like, isn't it great? He's staying. And Sean's like, no, he's not. Are you kidding? Like, you fool. Mm-hmm. You absolute fool. <laughs> yeah, which is very real to life. Like, mm-hmm. this whole, like, isn't that great? They're doing so well. It's like, <laughs> come on. Really? Yeah. How many um, times would this be? I don't. I've been listening to a little bit of um, of Pod Meets World, as everyone knows, and by all accounts, Ryder Strong like had a pretty good life. I'm not gonna say it was perfect, but he talks about happy memories with his parents. Like he was pretty rich early on. Like um, he just kind of stumbled into acting and did it, and he didn't do it a whole lot stupid. Like his biggest thing was like he got way too associated with one thing that he didn't want to be associated with. Um, yeah. Who among us hasn't done that? And like, I'm not going to say that Ryder Strong like doesn't have angst. Maybe he does, and I just don't know it. Maybe he's just like doesn't put it out in the public. Maybe he's got some stuff that really hurt. I don't know. But I don't know how a writer and writer, <laughs> how a writer and writer are doing this so convincingly. The whole like, the whole like people's optimism hits your wall, and just this feeling you get. Like, I got it when Sean was having because I've had it so many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they're both portraying that so well. It's called acting. But, like, I don't know. I feel like someone who hasn't been through that doesn't know, like, how to do it. I I really want to ask about episodes like these and, like, who wrote them and how they like, just <laughs> – what pain is in their life? Mm-hmm. Who hurt you? <laughs> It's like you either know someone with extreme abandonment issues or you are someone with extreme abandonment mm-hmm. issues. Or you abandon someone. No, probably not that. <laughs> no, they wouldn't write about it in such a uh, real way. Yeah. So, yes, but this whole thing already, I'm like, oh, I get every word he says. I'm like, yeah, I understand why he said it that way. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, Yeah. It's good. Gets it's... it right here. Um, yeah, but no. then Chet comes back. Gets you right here in a bad way in your heart. Um, but Chet comes back and he's got his Pembroke sweatshirt on, and so they all go off to to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then do we, um, are we just back at the apartment after they've eaten? Yeah, there's really only one scene away from the mm-hmm. from the Sean thing, and that's coming up here in two scenes yeah and but they're back at the apartment mm-hmm. had a nice dinner and um, chet had said it was going to be on him but eric or jack ends up paying for it mm-hmm. which annoys sean, sean. Mm-hmm. he's like you didn't have to do that like you shouldn't have yeah and jack's like he'll get it next time and sean's just like are you kidding me like and, and i you know you get exactly what sean's saying like you're not listening like mm-hmm. You're not listening. You don't understand. Yeah, there will um, not be a next time. Even if this is a weekly occurrence, he will be gone by then. Yeah. Um, and then Rachel comes in and Chet proceeds to compare her to cattle shows <laughs> <laughs> and like kind of like freak shows or things. Like most amazing. Did you call her an Amazon? I don't or is that somewhat so. other episode? I think that's another it's, episode. It's another. Chet doesn't know what that is. Yeah. He's like, Look what someone left in your apartment. He's like, I've been to three county fairs, like a whole bunch of stock shows. I think it was an auction, and I've never seen anything like you. It's like, 
<laughs> and he's like, my dear, my dear wife has died and I'm ready to start dating again. And she's like, um, or they call him out and he's like, yeah, I love my wife wherever the hell she is. Yeah. yeah. Old so, Verna. I guess Verna. Hitting the road. Do we even know which wife at this point? No, I have no idea. I love <clears throat> wherever the hell she is. <laughs> um, confirming that off screen, a much more interesting short story of Sean being abandoned by his mother has happened. And uh, also confirming that when when we figured he was casting Sean off so he can go off somewhere to Jack, that was true. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he's Sean. been out. Um, they are going to have some cake. Oh, they're taking picture. The picture's important. It's like, I'm going to take a picture with my boys. And then Rachel yeah. takes the picture of them. Um, well, Rachel wants to picture for her scrapbook. Oh, right. Um, but they're taking the picture. And then he's going to take a picture of Jack and Rachel. And that's when Eric walks in. Yes. That's when Eric walks in. He's like, hey. And he like breaks him up. Mm-hmm. He decides to eat some chocolate cake. Well, yeah. So they talk about um, making making uh, steak night a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. And Sean and um, and then Rachel asks how long he's staying. And he's like, I'm just staying. And this like is the last draw for Sean. He's like, no, you're not. Like, are you kidding me? Which, again, I'm going to do a lot of deep an- analysis of Sean in this episode because I am Sean. So sorry mm-hmm. to all of you out there. But, like, there's probably a part of Sean that the idea of Chet staying really makes him mad. And there's not even, like, I, I don't know that a lot of people could understand that feeling because they're like, oh, your dad's going to stay around. That's good. But it's more like, you couldn't stay my whole life. You're not going to stay now. And if you do, it's actually going to kind of piss me off. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I have a life now. I have like independence from you. Like you, you don't get to just like, Oh, now that it's all done, I'm going to stay. Yeah. So like, it's not just Sean being a downer and not believing in his dad. It's also like, there's a lot of complicated emotions there. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't really definitely I mean, haven't. If you haven't been through that or, again, know somebody who's been through that, it can be like, man, Sean needs to chill. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, Sean's going through a lot. (laughs) Yeah, Sean's going through a lot. And there's like, I've been in a lot of the situations that Sean is in in this episode. I'm just going to put that out there. Like, a lot of them, including, like, the hospital thing. Um, Mine had a different ending, but that's beside the point. But, like, when you're going through something like this and they're like, things are going to change. Things are going to get better. I'm going to stick around. At, at one point, you don't believe it. At another point, you don't want it. At another point, and these aren't like points in a line. It's like all at once. And um, at another point, like you don't believe it. You don't know if you want it. You feel guilty for not knowing if you want it. <laughs> like there's just this this cavalcade of emotion that Sean is going through right now. And maybe I'm projecting because I've been there. But like I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I don't believe you've changed. I honestly would kind of tick me off if you did change like you had your chance mm-hmm. oh i feel really bad that i think that way oh am i gonna think this way about everybody and then you do end up like am i like you am i like incapable uh-huh. of this yeah, and that's where gets it's a, suddenly it's a mirror of like is this who i am yeah i have always my greatest fear always um and again if you're listening mother i'm sorry i told you not to <laughs> Um, you did this you did this um but my greatest fear always has been like becoming my parents in any way like you can ask my wife 
if I'm like, oh, my dad would have done that. It, like, literally sends me into introspection for a couple of hours. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, there's just, like, spirals, and you're like, am I going to am I going to do this to someone else? Like what was done to me? Like what's happening? Am I you? And like, then you've got, you've got fear mm-hmm. and it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Seems like a lot. So, and they do a great job with it. Like I really think Sean and whoever wrote this for him are doing great. Yes. Very good. Sorry. Um, yeah. And so they're Rachel's getting some cake or like double chocolate cream cake or whatever and she's cutting the pieces and then they get a phone call it's for chet somehow someone knows to look for him there he probably gave him the number he probably doesn't have a phone Uh, that's probably true this is before cell phones were ubiquitous as they say on this show as they do it's true there's a callback there's a callback to years ago at this point um yeah but there um he's like oh really what's the job how much is it paying um, and then Sean's just like, oh, here we go. And he's like, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll call you back. Yeah. And Chet was offered a job um, dealing blackjack in Vegas. It's like, best mm-hmm. job I've ever been offered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, but you didn't hear me take it, did you? And Sean's and like, you, you turn it down. No. <laughs> yeah. You literally said, I'll call you back later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the point where he's like, uh, you have to keep your options open. Can't commit to something. Oh my gosh, I'm you. Uh-huh. It, it's it's it all so clear now. Which is, it's just great writing because it's what Sean's been doing this whole se- season. Like this mm-hmm. is the longest season arc we've ever had. Like bar none. Well, maybe Corey trying to find himself, but that was more like episodic. That was just beating a dead horse. Yeah. But we've seen this from Sean all season long. The like not committing to things and I don't want to be, I don't want to be tied down and I'm exploring who I am. Like we've seen that since the orientation Mm -hmm. and like, it's continued all the way up to here when Sean has this realization. I'm just like, okay, nice job. Nice job. Well done. I find this episode flabbergasting. If you haven't noticed, like I I can, I can tell how well it is written, but also like how, because the show, as much as we remember it for like life lessons and things, it's not it really, really hasn't been that. that. No, it hasn't. Especially now. And like probably the other longest arc we've had is Corey and Topanga's breakup. It was five, six, six-ish six episodes. episodes. Six-ish. Yeah. And Corey and Topanga develop really inconsistently in that whole time. Because like right in there, you have, and then there was Sean. Um, and you have like them angry at each other and them like resigned to each other, not being with each other. It's pretty inconsistent, but it's like, there's some inconsistency in messy relationships like that. Mm-hmm. But now we've got a whole arc and no one talks about it. Yeah. <laughs> no one talks about how like this whole season has been about Sean acting like Chet right down to like the clavage and hanging out with people like Gamble and Dan. Mm-hmm. Like he's a blackjack dealer in New in Las Vegas. If I've ever heard of someone, yeah, I mean his name is literally Gambling Dan, and like they've had all this build up to this moment where Sean is like, "Oh my gosh, I'm you," and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just taken aback by how they snuck this in to this show that's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's like that scene in Avengers Endgame when um, Nebula. And future and alternate 
time nebula and she's like you're weak she's like i'm you i don't know that's where i went i mean it's kind of like that yeah that's a trauma response too i mean with lasers of blue people <laughs> yeah time travel well actually i mean this show has time travel it's true it does this, it's this, not that different the show it's is basically the wild. same um I think a while back in the Sweet 16 episode, we postulated that Sean is the only real person on a TV show and that he knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this just confirms that so hard. Like, because Sean is the only one who's allowed to grow and change and deal uh-huh. with things. Because he is a real person. Nobody else is a real person. Yeah, exactly. Everyone else is a cartoon character and Sean's a real boy. Like, it's just so, I don't know. It's so interesting. That, like, the resolution of Corey and Topanga isn't, like, introspection or learning things mm-hmm. about the world. It's, I kissed this other guy and it wasn't as good as kissing Corey. And he's been waiting for me this whole time, so he'll take me back. And that's the whole, that's the whole that's resolution. It. Yeah. It's not like, I realize who I am as a person and that, you know, maybe there are other options out there. But you're the best option or the one that I'm choosing and I love you and I'm committed to you. And but I'm not going to be unfaithful Mm -hmm. and her just kind of, you know, probably should have just dumped him a long time ago. If we're honest, (laughs) never made it to that point in the first place, but whatever. But they, they deal with it in a very sitcom-y way Mm -hmm. where Sean does not get to deal with this problem. Reuniting in the place that we met as children. Yeah. With, with a, with a weird, like talking to each other, but not acknowledging each other's talking. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just just it's so I don't know. I've I've been amazed by it enough. I suppose I just can't. Like, why is Sean dealing with things realistically, and everyone else is like, next episode we're done. Mm-hmm. This is over. No big deal. And we have at um, least at least that I can think of off the top of my head three more episodes for Sean to deal with this. There may well, yeah, I mean there is a lot to deal with here. <laughs> yes. Um, there may even be more episodes and I could be combining a few in my head, but there's at least three more episodes where Sean has to deal with all this. And I'm here for it because in this moment, uh, Chet gets mad and he's like, fine, I'll just stay. (gasps) Grips his chest, starts uh, stumbling and the boys get him on the couch. Eric grabs the phone. Yep. Very responsible of him. Yeah. Eric has had a heart attack. No, but he had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then we see they're at the hospital. Yeah. Um, Jack makes a really odd joke about his hand falling off because he signed a whole bunch of papers. It does seem mm-hmm. odd for the situation. Like someone just had a heart attack. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's probably, you know, he's just, you know, people handle things like that differently. Mm-hmm. And so he's yeah. just like, I'm, well, he is kind of the person jumping up to take care of everything. But then he's also just like, you know, in those moments, you are trying to find some levity. Mm-hmm. And I do. Sometimes, I, sometimes it doesn't land. If, if Pretty much if I'm ever feeling like a negative emotion, I mask it with humor. So I get that. Yeah. A Chandler Bing moment. A Chandler Bing moment. That's his entire character in a nutshell. Um, so I guess I get it. It is weird. Um, maybe I was just empathizing with Sean too much and thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see how Sean is upset for him talking but like that just like come on man yeah um yeah <laughs> uh there's just yeah. a, a lot added to sean's plate we'll talk more about that later 
Yeah. So they go in to see him, though. Yes. And Sean is really fixated on the money. He's Mm -hmm. like, you got him. He's like to Jack, like, you got him his own room. Like, we can't afford that. He's like, I got it. He's like, I know. I'm paying half. (laughs) And he's like, how much did this room cost? He's just screaming at him. And he's like, $2,000. He's like, oh, 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 okay. Well, okay, I can do that. He's like, a day. Are they nuts? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they out of their minds and he's like well here's 20 bucks <laughs> yeah you give him 20 bucks and then um does he start waking up now or does he wake up i think so later? i think this is when he wakes up this yeah. part's kind of blurry to me in this, yeah. this little middle bit the, the parts with because there's three different parts with sean and the are the boys in chet in the room mm-hmm. um and they all the first two kind of blur together it's hard to do the third one because most of it is like them fighting. Uh-huh. Um, actually, no, I do. I don't think. Okay, so I'm. I'm pretty sure this is how it goes. They're in the room. Um, they're talking about it, and they go over to see him, and it cuts to the Pembroke dorms. I think you're I'm right. Sure. Or do, do, do or is this when Rachel and Eric come in? No, I think they come in next. I could be wrong, but I think because I think Rachel and Eric go in. Then um, Corey and Sean talk outside the room. Uh, then the parents come. Then the parents go visit um, is the order of operation. So I think okay. Corey has to be told before Eric and Rachel come. In. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just go to the dorms and yeah. then we'll come back. If, if we're this wrong, is just a little, it's not a throwaway scene. It's trying to be funny. And some, some of it hits. There's one character in particular who rises above, I think, the material that she was given. Yes, um, which just really exactly sells it because <laughs> um, exactly. Corey's reading this thing and uh, it's like, like a wedding vows, uh-huh. and he's like, "Your vows are these are great, but why are you, why am I reading your wedding vows?" Like she says, so early. Those aren't my wedding vows; those are your wedding vows. <laughs> and he's like, "Huh?" And then she's like, "Well, why don't you give it a try?" And this is when Angela, what? she's sitting there with her book, and she kind of lowers it, like, "Oh, this is now the most interesting thing." going on yes. in the room right now. <laughs> yeah, Angela, I don't think says a word in this episode, but is pretty fantastic. Every she does say she a little should. bit in this scene, just where she's like, isn't my patient little Corey so great? And she's like, he's so patient, his head's going to explode. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, because Corey says like, um, I think I can write my own vows. And Tepane's like, oh, like you do. Give it a shot. Kind of mm-hmm. condescendingly, but it's funny. Uh-huh. And he's like, when two people are in love, they're in love. Yeah. They're, you know, they they love each other. Uh-huh. It's real bad. <laughs> it's real bad. And then uh, she says something about the honeymoon. And he's like, oh, honeymoon, yes. And she's like, I'm thinking Bermuda. They've got some of the best snorkeling. He's like, I don't want to leave the room. And she's like, why are you so obsessed with sex? And he's like, because I don't get any. Mm-hmm. And then um, to the speaking of the... Uh, before ubiquity of cell phones comes up, this was just a delight to me um, because a student comes in and is like, hey, uh, you got a phone call. And I'm like, oh, man, what must have life been like? Uh-huh. Like, did they like call a front desk? Did they like, yeah. and they sent a messenger or did the, like the payphone just ring? Because we know there's a payphone in the door. I think so. Yeah. So how did this work? What <laughs> happened? I don't know. Even I don't, I mean, Everyone had a cell phone when we got into college. They weren't like smartphones, but mm-hmm. like the iPhone them. existed, but they were rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had just come out a few months before we got into college. Mm-hmm. 
Because it but was still, summer of 2007. That was our entire our entire time in in college. Mm-hmm. There was that connectedness that just didn't exist at that point. Yeah, but it was kind I, of fun. I just saw it. I was like, "What would life have been like?" Yeah, but he so Corey leaves. They have that conversation about Corey's head exploding, mm-hmm. um, and then he comes back. And he's like, "Sean's dad had a heart attack," mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah." And then we cut back to the hospital. Yeah. And then we cut back to the hospital, and. Um, Chet's waking up, so the boys go to see him. Mm-hmm. And um, while they're in there, um, I don't remember what they talk about. Maybe just like actually staying or something. But while they're in there, uh, Rachel and Eric come in. Mm-hmm. And so the boys leave. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's like, feels like it's her fault that he had a heart attack because of the cake. cake of death. Or that's what Eric says. She's like, I think it was a cont- contributing factor. Yeah, I didn't cause his heart attack. I'm just saying it was a contributing factor. Eric's like, I don't know. That was rich. I still feel it in my chest. Chest pains. <laughs> and then Jet was like, come here, darling. And then Eric starts to walk forward. That's oh, the part yeah. that made me laugh. That part was kind of funny. And he's like, not you, you imbecile. Yeah, he just calls Eric a moron the whole episode, and it's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. I'm glad um, he's dead. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he tells Rachel like it wasn't the chocolate of death, chocolate cake of death, um, yeah. or the death cake or whatever. But he asks, he says, "Jack's birthday's tomorrow. Can you get him a present?" From and she's me? instantly like, "Yeah, I know exactly what I'll get." Mm-hmm. She does a good job. She does a great job. Um, and then Eric puts on a glove and is like, "Chet, you just gotta relax." <laughs> Did Eric kill Chet? Did he oh, snub some way in which... You know, I like to think Chet got a hold of someone. Pushed the call button. Like, get this guy out of here. Okay. Okay, we won't make Eric a murderer. Mm-hmm. And that's when we cut back. Sean's sitting out in the lobby and Corey and Topanga and Angela all come. Yeah, they have a really great quiet moment between Sean and Angela. Like, mm-hmm. they're just kind of looking at each other and Corey's being quiet, which is amazing. And Angela <laughs> they just said it couldn't be done. Yeah. And Angela hugs Sean and then her and Topanga go visit Chet, which I realized their entire relationship has happened sans Chet. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that Angela's ever met Chet. I don't know no, that Corey would have met her told for it. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if Sean would have told Chet about her even. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much they talk. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like very much. So that's kind of who is this strange woman? (laughs) We we can hope we can hope that's the thing he notices about her. Uh That's the only thing. Um, It was the nineties, anyway. um, Yeah, say say what you want about Chet. He probably was racist. (laughs) I wasn't saying it, Cameron. You know, I'll say it. I'll say it. Um, But yeah, so that's got to be. I kind of want to see that scene of like, I know who this is. Who are you? Uh, oh, I dated your son for almost two years. Well, I guess well, we've been broken up. Here. We've been broken up for a, set, a few months now, mm-hmm. but we still but here do I care am. about each other. Makes as much sense to me as it does to you. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that scene. Um, but Corey, we stay out in the hallway with Corey and Sean. Um, as Sean just kind of talks about the things that are going on in his life, like about like how how he's feeling, and I've been here, like. I have been here. 
around the mm-hmm. same age as Sean. Maybe maybe a little younger. I was 18. Um, Oklahoma had just experienced the worst ice storm it had ever experienced ever. Um, it, the the early 2007 ice storm, mm-hmm. um, which was just such a strange thing. Um, it was literally going on around this whole event, which is why it's always cemented in my head. But I've been here, like the one waiting in the room after you just had a fight with someone you have a long, complicated history with, like, and you don't know if they're going to live or die. <laughs> like, I've been exactly where Sean is. Um, it's weird. <laughs> I'm sure. It's weird. Um, just watching him sit in that chair and explain, like, I feel like I should be there with my arms around him, but I'm still so mad at him. It's like, that's so real. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't even know how real what you just said was. Like, there's so many things. Like, there's so much self-blame, and there's so much other people blame, and there's so much, like, there's so many complicated emotions going on. Um I don't really know who this is, um, but Jeanette McCartney, do you know who that is? Uh, she was on iCarly. Yeah. Um, she wrote a book and like the biggest thing about this book was the title, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, glad my mom is dead. Yeah. I'm glad my mom died. Um, and the, the whole book is a exploration about a complicated relationship. And from what I've heard, um, I heard her give an interview about it once. And the whole thing is about a complicated relationship and the things that like, there's even a part in the book where she talks about how like that the phrase for that book was wrapped up in so much guilt and pain and hurt. And there's just, I'm trying to not be too specific because like the inner workings of my mind (laughs) are not for public consumption. (laughs) Um, Surface thoughts are, but the things that go through your mind, like, like there's a point where you're like, I can't like, I feel really selfish right now and I should put away that selfishness. But then there's a part where you can't cause they never put away their selfishness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like this, I don't know, this stew of just like emotions that Sean really needs to go to a therapist for. Right. <laughs> a trained <laughs> professional, which, you know, the late nineties was just a great time for, you know, mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, Luckily for me, when I was 19 and had a bit of a mental breakdown, I got into a lot of therapy. Um, and every time I've issues have come up, I've gone back to therapy. So I, I can therapy. I can joke about these things and laugh about them now. Um, because you've been to therapy. Because I've been to therapy. Uh, my wife said something very funny. She said we should name this episode Boys Meet Problems That Could Have Been Solved With Therapy. <laughs> as in the title of this episode for us yes yes um so we'll 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 very really consider that one but but yeah see if i remember when it comes time i don't know i just felt a lot of connection with sean here like because i've been in that chair like in a lot of ways i was in that chair with sean mm-hmm. um and I was having those emotions of like, this should be different. <laughs> it shouldn't be this way. Like, I shouldn't be the way that I am. He shouldn't be the way that he is. Like, I, I exactly. It, it's weird. Yeah. And so it's just it's complicated. 
It's complicated. And the, the episode, my whole point is, because I know I've kind of harped on this whole idea, but my whole point is I think the episode does a great job of writing to this. Yeah, they really, they split the uprights. Mm-hmm. They, did, they, so, did, they did well. They did well. I, I, I'm really curious, and if you're a listener at home who's like always had a great relationship with their parents, um, or even you, Cameron, um, you, you may be empathizing with me too much because we've known each other too long. I would love to know how this plays to like just your average Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to know, like, are you kind of angry at Sean for having these feelings? Like, like people were angry at Jeanette McCartney for McCarty McCartney McCurdy McCurdy. Oh, saying it totally wrong. You're all wrong. Uh, but like they were angry at her for the title of her book. Like, I would love to know because all I can feel is sympathy. Like, Mm-hmm. All I know was understanding for this. Yeah. I, I think at least for me, like, cause you know, I have known you a long time and all the stuff in your life for a really long time. Um, but also just been like having worked in education, especially and yeah. like seeing kids that have a lot of trauma and a lot of issues and just realizing the way that that like your brain is just different and rewired in some ways. Um, Again, that's not bad, but it's just the way that your brain like deals with things. And so mm-hmm. it kind of plays out in all these different ways. So it's like, I don't understand because I haven't been through that. Like if it was my dad in the hospital bed, I wouldn't be wrestling with those emotions in the same way. But I can empathize because I know that my situation is not the same as everyone's situation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make you or anyone else struggling with those things bad. Mm-hmm. It just makes it's just what is, and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And complicated isn't a bad thing. Yeah, there's a. I think the biggest misstep, and I'm just gonna jump to the next scene, and we can come back. I think the biggest misstep for this episode for me is like, it's not even a misstep because it has to do it because it's a 30 minute TV show. Mm-hmm. But they kind of force Sean to throw those issues to the side and claim he needs his dad um at at the very end they have a very like tender moment um and and maybe that is maybe that is what it is for some people or maybe like just seeing alan sean is um sean is really in that headspace but like Mm -hmm. i can remember honestly um this is just a few years ago um i i was really spending time with my dad for the first time he had he and my mother had just very much annoyed, um, like more than normal annoying me, but I won't get into details. Um, but I, I had spent like a whole day with them, which I hadn't done in a very long time. Um, and my dad like intentionally left something in my home, which was a homeless shelter at the time. Um, he worked long time listeners. I worked there. I was not homeless. I've never been homeless. Um, but my dad like intentionally left something in there so he could come back just so he could throw his arms around and hug me and tell me how proud he was of me. um and you at home were probably like oh how sweet i couldn't like i didn't i didn't know like i was like frozen mm-hmm. and how do i deal with this like how do how do i deal with this like what is this like and you know <laughs> there's so many i've said it before but there's so many thoughts like no you don't get to do this now mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm good I've built a life for myself. I have a Boy Meets World podcast now. <laughs> I'm somebody. <laughs> You're not around um, to see how great I am. Yeah, exactly. Now who's Lucas Graham? 
I thought he wasn't allowed on this show, Chance. He's he's not. It's you. Um, there was a part You're of me Lucas that was Graham. Like, it's you. You don't get to do this now. And there's another part of me that's like, I should let him have this because this is more for him than me. And there's another part of you that's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's almost everything I can do to let you be any part of my life at all. <laughs> like, that's that's almost as much as I can do. <laughs> and there's another part of you that just feels like an ass. For having these thoughts at all and maybe you should just let them go mm -hmm. and it, and that moment where like they they embrace and hug and he's like i need you dad i'm like okay i relate to that one a little less uh -huh. maybe um but it's probably in there somewhere yeah it, it is i don't it's complicated it is and i'm curious if it was like at a different point in your life of that yeah, sort of thing or if you hadn't gone maybe? to therapy and you hadn't received some help mm -hmm. and didn't have like good connections in your life, if it would have felt more that way of just like, this is what I've been missing all this yeah. time. Like this is yeah. what would fix it is the thing that broke it in the first place. And yeah. it's like, that's a good point. That's an excellent point of like, if I hadn't already decided, cause Sean is kind of on the road to being his parents. And I decided to take that exit a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Like, like in my late twenties, and now I'm in my mid thirties. <laughs> wow, how are we in our mid thirties? We're so old. We are. Um, yeah, it was. It. I, I don't know. This episode does a great job. Mm -hmm. Once again, yeah. we're saying that. It does. I'm probably um, sharing a little too much with all of you out there. Yeah, you're like, okay, guys, enough. Um, this is this is where we are. Um, Feeny and Amy and Alan come also. They kind of yeah, have. They, I think this is the first moment when I started crying was when Alan was talking with Sean, and he's like, "Are okay. you okay?" I think because I was also just thinking back to the last time we were in the hospital when Mr. Turner was there and Alan like was oh, ready okay. to rip Mr. Uh, Max head off to protect Sean, and so we're just seeing this again of just this fatherly side of Alan towards mm -hmm. his bonus kid, mm -hmm. his basically honorarily adopted son. Yeah. Where he's just like trying to care for him in this moment. And he's just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. It, it was just nice though that they're there. Um, mm -hmm. So they, but they go in to see Chet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Before we get in here, mm -hmm. is Alan wearing Sean's leather jacket? I thought it was a brown leather jacket. Was it brown? I couldn't tell. I was really see, trying I, to tell. I'm, in my mind, I, this is probably just because I'm. Just superimposing all my... It's a conglomerate of Alan at this point. But I imagine it's a lighter brown. Maybe a medium sure. brown. No, he's not wearing a dark leather jacket, I don't think. I thought it was pretty dark. I couldn't tell. I was like, this whole time Alan was on screen, I'm like, is that Sean's leather jacket? I because He left it there. A few times now. Um, at least once in season one. At least once in season one. And a few times, Eric has clearly been wearing... Sean's leather jacket. Um, mm -hmm. And I think once or twice Corey has. I mean, one time Sean gives it to Intentionally. Him. Intentionally. But I think there's been a few times where Corey's just walking around in the leather jacket. And I'm like, are they passing around this leather jacket to everybody? Like, I don't think I've ever mentioned it before because I didn't think it was that important. But now that Alan has it, I think. Well, see, Alan just went through a midlife crisis in the last episode. And he didn't get the motorcycle, but he did get the leather jacket. It did get the leather jacket. And Amy loves it. Yeah, leather jackets are cool. So that's the that's the other side of the story that we didn't see in case he is wearing that jacket. 
But again, I might just be conflating all the images of Alan in my mind mm -hmm. and, and, and if, envisioning him wearing a light brown jacket. If you No, he's definitely wearing a dark jacket. Because with the light, I couldn't tell if it was brown or black. But it was it was dark. Gotcha. Um, you at home, is Alan wearing Sean's jacket? Let us know. Yeah, because I don't want to look it up right now. <laughs> um, um, but they go in and, you know, Feeney's like, need to play a game of pool with you. <laughs> and Chad's like, 50 bucks, I'll let you break. 50 bucks a ball, I'll let you break. Yeah. Um, Amy talks to him a little bit. And then Alan comes over and he says, like, I want you to take care of my boys when I'm gone. He's like, you're not going anywhere, Chad. He's like, when I move to Vegas. Like, oh, he's like, I'm dying. He's like, no, I'm leaving. Like, I'm going to Vegas, obviously. Yes. It's just like your oldest son, you imbecile. <laughs> yeah, but Alan says, like, I guess I will, but I'm not the one they need. I think they probably need Alan more than they need Chet. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> See, that but was the sentiment just, is there. It's just sentiment. Yeah, it's the sentiment for sure. Alan needs just to like, go to therapy too. Just like the that scene later where they, they kind of reconcile. Like this scene and that scene together kind of made me wonder how this episode is framed to someone without my life experiences. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I just want to know, like, are you rooting for Chet and his sons? Like I'm rooting for Sean and Jack independently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I want them to be okay. Yeah. And if Chet can somehow help with that. Sure. Yeah. But it's revealed that Chet, when he's out of the hospital, he's going to leave. Yeah. Go off to Vegas. Yeah. And he's just like, just take care of him. And he, he's like, I will. Um, so that's nice. And then um, it's uh, Sean and Jack's turn to visit again. Um, but they think Alan, or not Alan. <laughs> that's just be a very different episode. <laughs> <laughs> they think Chet is sleeping. Um, and Jack is, again, kind of flustered by the whole thing. Um, he's going to like hire somebody to care for him like care yeah, for chat yeah and john's like i'll take care of him he's like we need like a trained professional to do something yeah. like this but it's fine I mean, like can pay for it yeah is w i'll pay for it and um sean's a little combative unnecessarily um i get it especially with like the emotions you just want to scream at somebody mm -hmm. um but he's a little combative with jack and says like well it's easy for you to say you're not going through what i'm going through and jack's Jack very really is like, don't tell me how I'm feeling. He's my father too. And he's like, Are is he? Like, like, do you want to know like what it was like? Did you mm -hmm. sit by him all night as he watched TV, hoping he'd say something to you, clean up for him after um, after he got he came home drunk, drunk when he was gone for all this time, like just pretending that everything was okay. Which reminded me of our Stacy theory, where Stacy isn't actually real. Remember where we said Stacy was oh, actually yeah, yeah, Jack? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this leads to more, lends some more credence to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I still think Stacy was a figment of Sean's imagination. Mm -hmm. um, I should, I should write into Podmeets world and tell them that theory because I bet, I bet they'd get a kick out of it. And then invite him on the show. <laughs> and then invite him on the show. Um, come on the podcast you've killed. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't do it for the, anyone but us. No, but it sure was nice. <laughs> All those dollars that we made. That's not true. We made zero dollars and zero cents. Uh, we, we lost money, Cameron. Yeah. The, the hosting fees and the mics and the weird stuff we do, like 
Phil, Matt, uh, Shrimp, we have lost money. Mm-hmm. We know we've lost so much money, but it's a passion. It's a passion project. It's us putting something creative out of the world and not just being consumers. And I think that's yeah, we're, do, we're, we're consuming in order to do that, but we're sure. still doing it. Um, but they're arguing, hey. being very well, upset. Yeah. And Jack, th- this is another side I've never been on because, again, I'm pretty much on Sean's side. Jack says, I never got to do any of that stuff. I'm like, got to. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> um, Jack says, I never got to do any of that stuff. And then Chet calls the boys over. He's been awake the whole time and heard it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like apologizing for it. Um, Sean, well, Sean like really lets him know, like you said before, like, I really need you. He kind of breaks down and they hug and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm here, I'm gonna stay. Um, yeah, and it's weird because you, you you like you had this near death experience. You just heard your son like tell the whole unfiltered truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you kind of believe it. Like at least in this moment, it's probably the first moment Chet believes he's staying, even yeah. if like he he might not in the long term. Yeah, um, but he's got to get one final lie in there. Yeah, one exactly. last lie from Chet. One last lie from Chet. Say. He does give Jack the present that Rachel picked up for him, mm-hmm. which we don't see what it is yet. No, it's it's wrapped up, and he's they're like, "Well, open it." And while he's opening, it, he's like, "You need to call somebody." Um, mm-hmm. They run and go. Then they're all out in the waiting room. Um, Morgan is there because <laughs> we can't just leave Morgan at home by herself. We would never do that. <laughs> we always got to have Morgan with us. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm not sure why Morgan is in this scene, but <laughs> I hope your dad gets is okay. Thanks, Morgan. Yeah. Um, Feeney says Chet's a fighter. Um, not for his son, though. <laughs> no. Hey. Oh. oh. Uh, he says Andy owes me a game of pool, which he is a fighter about those sorts of things. Yeah, that's true. And um, then Sean's just like, "Aren't you going to open your present?" Um, Jack's like, "Yeah." And he opens it and he looks at it. And he's like, that's something I don't have. And then right at that moment, the doctor comes in, calls mm-hmm. the boys over. We lost like, him. We, we lost him. Which made me think of Arrested Development when the doctor comes out and he says that. Well, because there's a time when George Sr. is in the hospital and the doctor comes mm-hmm. out and he's like, we lost him. And they're like, oh, no. And they like break down. And then he's like, yeah, we, we can't find him. He ran away. <laughs> like we yeah. literally lost him. Or when he says like uh, Buster's going to be all right. And they're like, oh, that's great. It's like, yeah, because he lost his left hand. He's going to be all right. It's and I'm like, you monster. <laughs> I, okay, I can see that connection. I did not make He's it. He's my favorite TV doctor. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Dr. Cox is still mine. but Oh, yeah, I mean, there's there's better TV doctors. But <laughs> of those minor character TV doctors, he's a great one. He is. Um, yeah, but Chet's dead. I, I took all the uh, <laughs> wind out of those sails. Yeah, yeah, this... This uh, episode has to pile one more thing on Sean. It's not mm-hmm. done yet. Um, it's like at uh, it's like in the 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 Crucible when they're putting the rocks on top of the the guy, mm-hmm. crushing him to death. Just, Here's <laughs> one more for Sean. There's one more. Here you go, bud. Um, they're not Are done you doing a witch? that either. Do you renounce Satan, Sean? <laughs> um, I really wonder the the episode where he he gets another big rock put on him. I don't remember when it is. I don't remember if it's soon or if it's next season. I think it might be next season. I don't remember, but 
I don't remember him being much of a part of season seven, except for the the wedding thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, the wedding thing. So I'll be interested to see when that that episode pops up. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're, <laughs> they throw one more thing on Sean, and then the rest of the episode is just silent um, with mm-hmm. the girls, um, Angela, Rachel, and Topanga picking up the picture and looking to see that it's a picture of um, Jack, Sean, and uh, Chet from earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like that's not until season seven. Okay. Don't look it that up. That we're thinking. I, I looked it up on our sister podcast because I, I, re- I remember they covered it. So I just. Uh, the besties? No. Shit, 90 shows taught us. <laughs> our, more, our more legitimate sister podcast. <laughs> we can say something like that, and it's not a complete joke. Yeah. Um, okay. I, 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 I kind of wanted to be surprised when it happened. Well, you're going to forget by then. Okay. That's true. That's true. I will forget tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You probably already forgot now. Forgot what? Exactly. Um, but that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, to which my wife exclaimed, that's where they're leaving it? So. <laughs> they got 22 minutes. She's she's She was in. <laughs> she was invested. Uh-huh. And then in the tag at the end, Corey and Topanga are weirdly singing war again. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> Um, I did watch that again because that's just where my Disney Plus decided to start it up was them singing it. Uh-huh. I'm like, there isn't so much fun at the end here. Yeah, I'm really happy for them. Some, I wish someone's happy. I wish that was like an in-canon thing that happened and not just like a blooper at the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful for it either way. That's true. But that's the end of the episode. That's it. That's it. That's it. So we're going to rate it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I gotta get up my spreadsheet. Get it out. It's not a spreadsheet, it's a Google Doc. Get it out, 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 get it out, 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 get it out, out, out. It's on fire! Fire! Um, we're gonna. I said typing. Gonna. Oh my gosh. I'm the worst typer in the world. Gonna have Probably. a good time then. I'm gonna give uh, it a night. Uh, 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 uh. I'm giving it a nine. That's fair. Are you gonna yeah, I, think, I think it's really well done. Um, yeah, and like all the things throughout of just addressing Sean's entire everything, I think is really good. Yeah, I think I will also give it. Well, I, I think I may go a nine point five. Um, okay. It's very good. Um, again, this one is a difficult one for me just because I'm so weirdly close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Being weirdly close to it, there's nothing like I was just like, oh, that's dumb, or that's not how that would happen. Um, You're almost like, I'm weirdly close to this, and they seem to do a pretty good job. Yeah, they kind of nailed it. Um, yeah, it's good. I don't know who this person is who's making Sean the actual main character. Well, yeah, like Sean is the main character of this show. Corey is the comic relief who gets the most screen time, kind of like Urkel. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sean is like he's got arcs he learns things he grows he makes mistakes and he lives with those mistakes for several several episodes in some ways several seasons mm-hmm. if you buy into the whole theory that the him and Angela thing was a mistake and like him trying to grasp for something to be like the only normal relationship he's ever known if you if you buy into that whole thing um you could say that 
Sean, the last three seasons is all Sean making one big mistake. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to see what who wrote this. Because it says Michael Jacobs and April Kelly. But then there's a man by the name of Gary H. Miller, who Gary. also, Gary H. Miller, he wrote four episodes of the show between 98 and 2000. Um, he wrote Heartbreak Corey. He did this one and better than the average Corey. Oh, he's a consulting producer on that. Oh, this is producing credits. Let me see about writing. He wrote five episodes. Um, if you can't be with the one you love, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, you're married, you're dead. Uh, not as much. Though, a very important thing in this episode. You're married, you're mm -hmm. dead is very important to Sean in this episode. Um, he also wrote uh, this one, obviously, and no such thing as a sure thing. And I'm going to be like you, Dad. I don't remember what either of those episodes are. I know what I want to be like you, Dad, is about, and it is also heartbreaking. Well, all right. <laughs> Gary H. Miller. Um, at the heartstrings. Yeah, and I, there's only so much that even writing credits can tell you. Because mm -hmm. from what I understand, there's like a writer's room, and different writers put their names on different scripts for different reasons. And they like find things like things that don't even make sense or aren't even real. Like sometimes you'll see things like storyboard producer. And that's just a writer, but they couldn't put a writer on the credits. Cause then they would have had to got, get paid as a writer. Uh -huh. So like, there's like fake things that they'll give writers to make sure they get paid, but they're only contracted for like certain amounts of getting paid as writers. So it's like a whole bunch of like complications to it. Well, he was involved. Yeah. And, and I feel like it was we see probably, his fingerprints on this throughout some other episodes. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there's a guy that, and, and I'll, I'll be interested, I'll maybe listen to more Pod Meets World for this very reason, um, but there's a guy that Ryder has called the voice of Sean in the Ryder's room. So I'm wondering if mm -hmm. it's like him. But he makes it seem like he was gone like third season. Bummer. Um, I went ahead and wrote Sean down for MVP. Yeah, I could make it Chet if you want. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No. Morgan? <laughs> no. You know, I wouldn't hate Rachel, and I wouldn't hate uh, Angela, but it's Sean. But it's obviously Sean. Yeah. It, it's Jack just the look there. that Angela gives as she lowers the book as Corey's <laughs> going to do his own vows. Yeah. And the it has quiet, nothing to do with anything, but if that look just says everything. Yeah. And, and the quiet, them looking at each other and then not knowing what to say and then hugging and then her going off, I actually think it was really well done. Mm hmm. That's very, again, whoever wrote this episode is very real. Like, I get all these real, like, you're hurting and I'm here for you, but we're in this weird place and I don't know what to say to you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and what do we call it? Boy meets, Corey never meets Chet in this entire episode. No, we never see him go in there. <laughs> Corey never has a single scene with Chet. <laughs> Good. I don't think I could have handled it. <laughs> well, I'm just not emotionally we, mature enough to deal with this situation. But we can't like name it like Boy Meets Chet's Death or anything like that because he no. doesn't. Boy um, Meets the Hospital Waiting Room. Actually, that's exactly what I was just thinking, and I think it's kind of fitting. For him, he takes a back seat here. Well, and I feel like everyone has the shared experience that will happen to everyone at some point in their life where you get in this situation and you like you and your family because even i have this situation i don't really have any family of like and you and your family or your loved ones that are close to you you just like 
plan how you're going to camp out in the hospital for several days. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's a fairly universal, at least American experience. You're like getting the, getting the hotel rooms ready and figuring out whatever, who's going to make food runs and figuring out what waiting room you're going to camp in. Yeah. What shifts are we doing? Yeah. I feel like that's a fairly universal experience for people, sadly. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I have several memories in the hospital waiting room like that. Um, yeah, we'll get to my, my big memory of that in a later episode where I found myself in the shoes of some of the characters. It's true. I think I know. It's well, just spoiler alerts. Yeah, we'll be there before we know it. And I'll get to relive some of my experiences. It's about about your traumas. In the words of Lizzo, it's about damn time. You relate to Corey all the time with your great life. <laughs> yeah, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> Please never say that again. Cameron, don't you know it's a good thing you don't relate to the traumatic character? Yeah, in the show? I do. I do, but why do I have to relate to the stupid Corey? <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I want to relate to Sean. I want to relate to to Jack with all the money. Yeah, I want to relate to him. I relate to Rachel because I'm pretty tall. You're pretty and tall. I'm, thank you. <laughs> That's right. And people compare you to cattle a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, more times than I could count uh, um but we did it i think we i think we did it I we made it through it was a long episode i probably repeated myself way too much i think i think ultimately and, and i guess i'm tooting our own horns <laughs> and you at in a home can definitely argue with this i think ultimately it's got to be kind of interesting to like hear the point of view of someone who's been through very similar trauma right I imagine. I mean, it's not, I mean, it can be interesting hearing people relate their trauma, but it's not necessarily fun. Well, no. I mean, we never promised to be fun. No. In fact, we made it very clear that this was not going to be fun. We made it very clear when we said, Chance's mom, you should not listen. (laughs) I meant with with the jokes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Both of those things. I like to think we had some laughs along the way. It's true. It's true. Um, the real Chet dying was the friends we made along the way. The real Chet dying was the friends we made along the way. But we did it. We did. Um, um, do we have listeners? Like, Let me look. You gotta tell me. It's true. I have had a lot. I came out this week. Like I brought it up to some coworkers that I have this podcast. And they're all just very excited about the thought of it. So if you ever make it to this point, hey guys. <laughs> you're great. You're wonderful. Um, Sorry about you were living someone you don't know's trauma. I used to look, work for Norman PS though, so we're kind of. So we all have some shared trauma. <laughs> we're kind of connected. Um. Oh, there's what Tanya said to you. You could say you don't have to. Uh, no. Oh no, we don't have any listener mail. It's all about your appearance on Debatable, which all Cameron right. was on an episode of Debatable. You should go listen. I to was. It. You should go listen to it. Did you listen to it? I didn't. You monster. I, I think I will. I think I will. I called myself the less funny half of our podcast. Oh, that's cute. Um, I did not eat a babka for you guys, and it was very difficult. It looked really good. It did look really good. And um, there, I had a uh, ham and cheese croissant there um, that was that delicious. Was and mm-hmm. I was like, man, that babka's probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to end that part of our podcast. Because then I would sleep, and it'd be over. Mm-hmm. He'd sleep the eternal sleep. 
Or I could have eaten it in secret and in shame, in shame, declared no sleep until Bobka. But mm-hmm. knowing that I've had Bobka. He seems pretty well rested, though. <laughs> so. Um, yes. Yeah, so thank you, Chance, for not ruining one of my favorite things that we do. It's Let's just talk about bread. Uh, we didn't really have time this week. but No, uh, that's okay. It, it is. I want to talk about croissants sometimes. So look forward to that. Yeah. I love a croissant. But at uh, this moment, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, at BG World Fever. Uh, Email us at bgworldfever at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, you know the drill at this point, unless this is your first episode, in which case that might be news to you. Sorry about the personal drama. But also not sorry. Not sorry. It's relating to what we're watching. Um, but that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever. So long, world. So long, though.